Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to the Cool Kids Lunch Table Podcast with PJ and Mike. Now, please find yourself a seat at their table. All right, hey guys, I'm Mike. I'm PJ. This is our fourth episode. We're going to review Metallica's new album, 72 Seasons. And PJ is going to review the new Super Mario Brothers movie. So we have a lot to get to. All right, so PJ, I'm going to start with a uh, childhood memory. Okay. When I was like like a teenager, you know, and maybe like middle school, high school, dude, I used to love like when a new like one of my favorite bands came out with a new album, and like it's not now like with the internet where like you know you see YouTube gives you a preview or Spotify. I remember just like waiting out the same goodie. Used to place uh, a place used to be called Coconuts. I remember Coconuts. Mm-hmm. I remember Coconuts. Then became a Suncoast, but I remember when it was yeah, Co- yeah, Suncoast. Yes. Yeah, you know what was great about Coconuts? Just real quick, mm-hmm. um, since we're talking about it. The gift card, if you bought somebody a gift card there, right. was a giant coin. Huh? I don't know if I you did, remember that. I it never a, knew. I did, it I was did a giant. Know. You would buy it in denominations. Like if it was $25, $50, but they'd give you a big coin as the gift oh, card. Oh, wow. I never knew that. Yeah. Huh. I know. What's the magic I feel? That kind of tactile way of like just waiting online. Like, I remember just waiting for the store to open and being online for other fans. I remember like my matter of fact, Dream Theater would come. I'd be waiting online, you know, or... It'd be, um, oh, this band called Static X, you know? I remember them. He, the singer passed away, but, um, I remember just, you know, going to the store and trying to find this, like, jewel, you know what I mean? Right. And, and um, I just kind of miss those magic moments of just, like, waiting for, like, a, I mean, look, obviously music still comes out, but we, we. But it's not the same. Yeah, we don't, we ingest it very differently now. And I really miss that. I really miss also concert stubs, you know, because when I was a teen, I saw sort of, you know, cons- you know, concerts, you know, sometimes, I, well, the, I didn't really have enough money for a t-shirt, you know? Um, and back in the day, you weren't able to get band t-shirts. Like, you had to go to the concert itself. Yeah. It used to be a place called, I think it's still around, Utopia. Yep. You can go there, but everything was either large or extra large, you know? Mm-hmm. Now you can get your favorite band's t-shirt at Target. You can get it anywhere. <laughs> and they got your side. They got small, medium, large, yeah, hot topic. They can you know? go anywhere and get a shirt. But, but yeah... The, you used to only be able to get tour T-shirts at the actual tour. Yes. Now they sell them online on their website. You exactly. don't have to go anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, rem- I used to like when you'd have to get a ticket for a show or a concert, and you'd have to line up at Nassau Coliseum at the box yeah. office, mm-hmm. and there'd be like a thousand people or ten thousand people wrapped around the building yeah. of uh, of Nassau Coliseum waiting for the box office to open. Because it was either that or you had to wait on the phone. You could call them yeah. and sit on hold until someone could answer the phone. Really miss that, you know, and like I said, I miss the concert ticket stuff. I, mean, I still have all of them. I still do the ones, but once they started like to printing them, and you know, I felt it was just not the same. Right. Than having actual stuff. Um, but real quick story. Um, it wasn't really a childhood memory, but I'm trying to. All right. So my dad, my my brother, and I went to see um, the Rolling Stones. They had a um, movie called like Havana. Okay. That's where they played like for like a million people, like the first time a band has been there in like years, blah, blah, blah. This was like maybe 2016, I want to say, maybe 20, somewhere around there. Okay. And it was like in theaters only. You could buy it on, of course, DVD now, but it has like a special show. It's like a limited release. So we all went to see it. Besides episode one, Star Wars, The Dark Knight, people were actually trying to scalp or office or they were asking us, you know, we'll buy your ticket wow. so we could see this show. So wow. I just thought that was like one of the coolest things, the power of music, the power of the stones. Was it like a live stream thing or was it no, pre-recorded? No. Yeah, it was just pre-recorded. Wow, okay. But it was just because it was like maybe like a two, three night thing. Right. You know? But uh, I remember uh, someone was like, uh, yo, 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 you have tickets for that? You know, I'll, I'll buy it off you. I remember in my head, I'm like, wow, I'm like, this isn't live. This is, you know, it's going right. to be... You know, eventually gonna put on video, but I remember that being like pretty fucking cool. Like, huh. I didn't know about that concert. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's cool. Like uh, Rolling Stones Havana. Yeah, mm-hmm. I might check it out. I like the Stones. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, and just you know, obviously the footage is great, but the behind the scenes stuff is just like them building this stage. You know, like I mean, it's like a million people show. Right. It's like no joke. There was just a good story of um, I don't want to spoil it, but like um, basically when they were building these stages, this is in. Like Havana, Cuba, and right. women there. <laughs> so this one beautiful girl was walking through the, you know, while they're building the stage, right? Um, all of a sudden, 
production shuts down. No one's building anything. And like the tour manager's like, yo, what 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 are we doing? And was like, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> yo, this is a beautiful woman over there. Mamacita. And then basically everyone just shut down to watch this beautiful woman. <laughs> just walk by. But this is, yeah, and this is like a stone state, which is gigantic, and they had speakers, but such a cool movie. They play great, and the behind-the-scenes stuff is awesome, particularly when they do uh, Honky Tonk Woman. Uh, it's just Keith and Mick with a guitar playing the, the, real, the original version. So, hmm. But anyway, that's my childhood, maybe late adulthood mm-hmm. memories, JJ. But, uh, all right, so Metallica's new album. I'm excited. I was very... Um, Eager to listen to it. So this is, it's called 72 Seasons, guys. Um, I listened to about half so far. I haven't gotten through the whole album yet, but Metallica is probably my top five favorite bands. It's probably number two for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm a big Metallica fan. I just haven't had a chance to listen through the whole, uh, the whole album yet. But from what I heard, I did like it, um, but I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, I'm happy to say it's very, very good. Yeah, yeah! Believe it or not, I love Metallica. I actually never seen them in person, which is crazy because I've seen so many bands live. But for some reason, it's one of those things that just kind of slips through your yeah. fingers. But I'm gonna see them this year when they come to. Uh, You're gonna do that double concert they're doing. Uh, I think at, they're at Giants. Oh, yeah, there's uh, MetLife, right? Yeah, yes, it's yeah. two nights, right? They're in the two yeah. different set lists for each night. Mm-hmm. I was looking into it, and it just seemed crazy expensive. And I'm just like committing to two nights. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, and I've seen them so many times now. Right. I've seen them with the Big Four. Mm-hmm. When they did that at Yankee Stadium with Anthrax, Megadeth, Slayer, and then Metallica Headline. I saw them at the Nassau Coliseum, and I saw them in Albany. Oh, I, think wow. I, I think I may have seen them one other time. Uh, they always put on a great live show. Uh, I, if you've never seen them, you're going to have a great time with the show. Yeah, they put yeah, on yeah. One of the best live concerts I've been to is them. They're up on that list. I, I think they put on a great, great show. Yeah. I might, I might, and... I'm probably. I think you're allowed now just to buy single tickets. It's like I mean, like you buy just for one show. You don't oh, okay. have to buy both. But I really want to go to the first night because it's Pantera opening. Oh wow, know? that's the night to go. You know, who opens so, the second night? Do you happen to know? Um, Five Finger Death Punch and. Okay. I always. I wish it was Nine Inch Nails. It's. Oh, ice, is it Ice, ice Nine Nine Kills? Yeah, for some yeah, reason. Okay. That I feel yeah. like they had the same. Da, 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 yeah, it's you know? the same kind of thing. Ice Nine. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen them live. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Five Finger Death Punch. I do. I like some. Of I like songs. them. I would rather see Pantera though. I agree. Yeah. The and last time I saw them, uh, or one of the last times I saw them, Volbeat opened for them. I don't know if you ever heard Volbeat. Is that uh, uh Jason Newstead's band? Uh, no. 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 Okay, I'm getting mixed up. No, but they um, I don't think he's in it. Um, no. But they I'm uh, getting mixed up. Maybe he has a band. Maybe he has another band start that starts with a V. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good a good band. Volbeat. They were. Not exactly the same kind of music as Metallica, right. but it was still a good kind of rock band to get yeah. you into it. So that was that was a fun show. But um, but yeah, I've seen them live. You're gonna have a great time if you wind up going to that show. Yeah. They put on a fantastic live show, and they're good with doing the hits. A lot of bands, when they have a new album that comes out, they play through the whole album, and then right. they'll sprinkle in one or two of the old hits just to keep mm-hmm. you kind of interested. Yeah. Metallica knows you want to see old school Metallica, and they give it to you. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't have a problem seeing a. New songs. I think it's a good balance, especially when you have that big side yeah. of the catalog. And real quick, I think also Wolfgang a Mammoth, Van Halen, his yeah. son's going to open with Pantera. Oh, so, really? And I like him. I like his band. He's yeah, he's good. pretty good, you know, too. He plays all the instruments. I think he's a good singer. He's yeah. very impressed. I like his good songs. Good for him. He's good. So Good for him for opening on that kind of a stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I uh, plan to go to that one, night one. I mean, both nights sound great, but yeah, really, mainly because I want to see Pantera. But, um... Yeah, back to the album. So, 72 seasons. Okay, I just want to start with saying this. We know it's not going to be better than their their classics. We know it's not going to be better than, you know, the first four. I mean, right. that first four is unbelievable, that lineup. You know, what, five, right? With the blackout? Right? Yeah, the first Kill five Ball, albums. Right? Ride the Lightning. Um, Master of Puppets, right? Master of Puppets, the black Justice album? For all, and Justice for All, then the black album. Yeah. So that... It's an amazing line. And the self-titled album in there too, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Black Album. Yeah, Black yeah, yeah, Album, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, after that, you want to say like that's the second half of the career, fine, whatever. But anyway, um, as one of my heroes says, all great bands have half lives. So the first half of the career is amazing. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, look, this is a very solid album. Yes, it's a really great follow-up to Hardwire to Self-Destruct. I like that album. I, I like Hardwire album. a lot. I think Hardwire was the first album they released in the second half of their career mm-hmm. when you could still say that's a good Metallica album. Mm-hmm. There were some in the middle that were okay. They were good. You could listen to them, but 
then there were some real there were some real real stinkers in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought when they came out with that last album, you can say, hey, this was a a good album for Metallica. It yeah. sounds like old school Metallica. Yeah, and the same thing with Death Magnetic, which came after Saint Anger, but. As much as that is a good album, for some reason I just find it very forgettable. Like, I don't think it has any big songs that you want to go back to. Yeah, I know they have an instrumental on there, which is cool, but for something about that album, I found it just flat. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's very flat and forgettable. You know? It was their return to form. Yes. That's what that album was. Mm-hmm. You can listen to it and you're like, it sounds like Metallica. They're not doing this experimental stuff anymore. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're back to being themselves. And then I think it took one more album to really elevate themselves to where they used to be or, yeah. or as close mm-hmm. as they're going to get to where they used to be. Yeah, and I give always any band credit or any artist they want to try something different. I understand with St. Anger, they want to do something Ooh, different. But that Saint album, Anger. everything about that album, like just production-wise, lyrically sound, awful. The sound of it. Oof. I don't know. It was... Oof. I listened to that album when it came out. And I remember... You know, remember how you said coconuts yeah. and going to the yeah. store and buy it? I was excited to buy that album because it was like the first time there was like a new Metallica album in a while with like, yeah. and I was ready. And the, the the CD box art for that, I can still remember it. It was like bright red. Yeah, it has like and a, it had the like, fist and yeah, it. Yeah, like barbed wire or something. And it looks awesome. You're like, this shit's metal. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait yeah. to pop this in. And then you pop it in and you're like, this ain't metal. What is this? Saint anger around my neck. I hate it. Yeah. I just don't like that album. I hate that song. Ugh. Ugh. A, I think the worst song on that album is called Invisible Kid. I mean, it's terrible. It's like terrible. Invisible Kid. Yo! Oh. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and they all sound the same. I don't know what he was going through during that album, but you, they were trying I know, for a I new sound. I think it was sound, the last time they but... recorded with Bob Rock. He's okay. the, the producer who did right. the Black album for yeah. them, and what you know, and that guy's recorded, you know. Motley Crue, so he has, you know, he even said when he got Metallica, he's like, you guys are not recording the way you actually sound live. So that's why, you know, after Justice for Everything has that, ugh, I yeah, oh, like, like, right, you know, which kind of really started the modern metal sound, that, ugh, oh, yeah, it's a right in the chest kind of thing. But, um, yeah, new album though, I do have to say, this is a really good album. Like, no joke, no exaggeration. Um, all these songs have groove. You know, I call this like music that's gonna make you tap your foot. You're gonna headbang to a uh, headbang to. Um, great music to work out to. Drive your car in. You gotta paint your fence. Show me paint the fence up down. <laughs> yeah. You gotta put this on. Put this album on. It's really. It's it's, it's really, very energetic from what I heard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and um. I'm actually kind of go through song by song, if that's okay. I'm gonna yeah, go do quite it. Quickly. I wanna, can't, it's kind of hard to describe these things without hearing if some folks haven't heard it, but uh, these are my notes that I wrote. So um, it starts off with uh, 72C, that's the name of the first song. This is a great opening. That was a long song for me when I was listening to this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like a lot of songs on here were not quick hits. They were no. like... Yeah. You gotta listen to the song for a while, which is why I only got through like half of the album yeah, yeah, because yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like three or four songs in, I'd already been listening to over a half hour. Yeah, well, I'm kind of you know, my brother and I and my son, my friend, we're trained because we love drink there. You know, most of those songs are gonna be eight minutes plus. They have a song right. an hour long, you know, or, or half hour long. My attention span can't handle it. <laughs> but um, I've been trained. My ears been trained for that. But yeah, it starts off with uh, uh, this song called Seventy Two. Seasons. It actually reminds me of the um, the guitar. Reminds me of Mr. Lou. I think I pronounced it the uh, beginning of like you know, the Pulp Fiction movie. Right. Yes. Yes. yes it so. does sound like that. You're. <laughs> a, I. That. I thought that while I was listening to yeah. it, like that that kind of music. Yep. Yeah. I. I said that too. This song's like, got wow. a lot of groove. Yeah. I call this. This is a fun song to like air drum to because it's like some good fills and. Right. I know a lot of people pick on Lars. I think Lars is a great drummer. This is a topic for another day, but I love how Lars, he's one of my favorite drummers. I love how he plays drums, what he writes. Um, I think he's underrated because people don't like his personality. Exactly. And they take it out on his skill as a drummer, but I, I agree with exactly. you. Exactly. I think he's a great drummer. I think he, I think that whole band is filled with great musicians. Oh, 100%. That Dude. don't get the credit they mm-hmm. deserve for being as good as they are. Yeah, yeah. So the first song, is a, it's a good one to start off the album, kick off the album. Second song is probably one of my favorites. It's called Shadows Follow. Um, good intro, old school intro, like stops, like dick a dan, 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 you know, shit like that. Um, I gotta say, not a lot of huge bass in this album, but when there is, when you can actually kind of hear it in the mix, um, very much like Motorhead, that kind of yep. like thundering, like. And that's my favorite. Yeah. Metallica's my yeah. number two. Yep. Motorhead's my number one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like this song. It has like a nice, it has a good pre-chorus. I, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's the best way to describe it. It's good. Vocally, it's really good. It's interesting. Um, good head, head banging parts. This is like what everyone's going to go like. I could picture James going like, yeah, yeah. And everyone like puts their arm in the air yeah. and goes like, yeah, yeah. You know, um, kind of has a ride the lightning type feel. The next one is Screaming Suicide, which is one of the singles. That was one of the songs that I liked the best from what I got through. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like I, said, in my, I put my notes, I says great pre-chorus, very motorhead type bass. That's great. Um, next one's called Sleep Sleepwalk My Life Away. For me, for what I got through, this was one of the weaker ones for me. Okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I can see that. For me, I wrote, it reminds me of The Cure. Uh, like, kind of, kind of had like a gothic feel. It reminds me of a a song by them called Burn. Okay. Uh, from the Crow soundtrack, which is an amazing song. Listen to that song. Oh. It felt from mm -hmm. the first half of the album that I listened to the least mm -hmm. Metallica-like, I think. The least heavy. Mm-hmm. But there's 12 songs on this album, which is average length for an album, but each song's about six minutes plus. That's why I said they're for long. The yeah. one song, Lux Eterna, which I'll get to. But for this song, I did enjoy this song. Um, for some reason, I said, uh, you know, it's got some... Some some Aussie feeling it. It's kind of slinky. Um, it kind of has like a like you said. Well, maybe it has a different vibe. Kind of like somewhat of a country in the pre-chorus. Um, this has actually a good guitar solo, some bluesiness in it. Um, I'll get to my negative stuff, but I think Kurt Kirk overall does a good job with his guitar playing. Um, the next track is called "You Must Burn." That was another one I really liked mm -hmm. from what this I got like, through. It's more of a slow song, kind of. I feel like this would be on the Black album, you know, their self-titled. I said another good solo, kind of reminds me of a solo from Justice for All. So, um, you know, Kirk does what his solo is a lot of double stops, you know, a lot of his vintage type yep. things. I put in this song. I think a lot of these songs, they would really benefit if they added like a keyboard, like an organ, to really give mm -hmm. it like some evil, like right, like yep. a deep purple kind of thing. I know they probably want to keep it just them four, uh, whatever five, whatever heck it is. But um, I thought I think, that I thought this one sounded heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's why it, it had, yeah. if it had like a keyboard behind yeah, it. Yeah, this one sounded heavy. You know? And when you go to the show, you haven't seen it, um, but you will because they do it on every show. Right before they do uh, "Sad but True," uh, Headfield always goes, "Do you want heavy? Metallica gives you heavy." And yeah. then they go into oh. "Sad but True." And for me, I kind of felt like that—that that was this kind of song for me. It was heavy. Yeah. It wasn't like. Rapid fire fast. It wasn't yeah, speed yeah, metal, yeah, but it yeah. had a good groove, and it was mm -hmm. it was a song that like you felt it, like you felt the heaviness to it, like it was heavy metal for me. I really like, yeah. I really like you must burn and screaming suicide a lot yeah. out of the first half of the album. And I wrote on here for that uh, same song you must burn. It reminded me of a Dream Theater song. It's called In the Name of God, like kind of like the main riff, just like. Um, Kind of like somewhat like Egyptian, kind of like <laughs> if you guys go listen to that song by Dream Theater, it's, it's like about 17 minutes long, that song, but that opening uh, riff is kind of reminiscent of that. Um, after that's their first single, which I love though. This is Lux Eterna. That was a, a good song. One. It kind of reminds me of, uh, I call it the sister, the twin sister of their song Fuel. You know, okay. give me fuel, give, give me fire. Yeah. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Ooh. Yeah, well, welcome to Musical Impressions with PJ and Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree. It does have that kind. And Fuel's a great yeah. song. And yeah. this is a good song, mm -hmm. too. And and this is the first single, right? Lux yeah. That was the first one they put out. And when I heard it, I was really happy because I'm like, this is going to be a good album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like that's a fun song. The next one is called Crown of Barbed Wire. Actually, I, didn't really, I thought this was one of the more, this is like a weaker song on the album. Um, but... What I did like from it, I tried to pull some strengths from it. Um, part of it reminded me of Corn, you know? Okay. Um, towards the end, it reminded me of a, a, one of my favorite bands. They kind of dissolved now. They're called Silverchair. Uh, they have a song called Pop Song for Us Rejects. And it kind of reminds me Yeah, they don't band. exist anymore? They're done? Yeah, they're like on infinite hiatus. Uh. We were on a break! Uh, he has a lot of mental health issues, and I think he doesn't like I think he's. He, I guess he's moved on. From okay. that kind of music, unfortunately, because his new stuff is terrible, which is a real shame. <laughs> I haven't heard any of his new stuff, but I remember it's like that pop, band. It's like Justin Timberlake, uh, experimental kind of stuff. It's you know, terrible. stay in your lane. Stay yeah. in your lane. Yeah. But he wrote fantastic yeah. songs, and it's not like, you know, if you try, I don't mind going to a different genre, but... Um, it just doesn't work most of the time when you hop into a completely different genre. Mm -hmm. it does, one, it doesn't suit your abilities or your, or your voice, your... your 
part of a genre for a reason. Mm-hmm. And two, I think the fans don't want to hear you sing that, so you're not going to be successful if you like. If yeah. James Hetfield comes out tomorrow and starts singing country music, we're not going to go. We're not going yeah. to that concert. Like you got to stay in your lane sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah, please come back, Silverchair, please. Um, the next song after that, I felt there was another kind of weak song. It's called Chasing Light. Um, I said there's a pretty good solo on there by uh, Kirk. Um, after that, it's called If Darkness Had a Son, which is another um, single. I love this yeah, song. Yeah, I heard this that song, single. This beginning reminds me of the band New Order, uh, the song True, True Faith. Um, it's also know, just a great title for a song. Let's yeah. just... When you when you go into it, you're looking at the track list. If Darkness Had a Son, it yeah. sounds badass. That's a good name yeah. for a song. And side note, this lyrically, this album's I really like the lyrics in this album. Like very genuine, pure. It doesn't seem forced. Um, I feel like the other other um, you know, there are other albums. You know, with uh, Death Magnetic, I wasn't really feeling lyrically. This I feel maybe it's the way James is singing. He sings great on this. Did he do any of the writing for this? Like, was the writing for this done after he got out of rehab? Do we I, know? I have no clue. Because he sounds better being out of rehab, so maybe it's just mm-hmm. maybe the songs are coming together better because he's got a clear mind. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I wrote in here. Um, this is old school. Um, I. Um, my fiance loves this song when I, you know, I play it. Like I said, it was a, a single was released. This is a good sing along song for live. You know, I felt like he's gonna be like, all right, everyone sing like, dun, 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 yeah. you know, good double bass in here. Uh, the guitar solo has a little bit of Jerry Cantrell as a guitar singer and guitar player of Allison Chains towards the end. A uh, little vibe of there. After that is too far gone. Um, look, one of my favorite bands is Dream Theater, so this has like a Dream Theater type kind of vibe in terms of, because obviously Dream Theater is influenced by Metallica, and sometimes it feels like this is Metallica trying to do a Dream Theater who's trying to do Metallica. <laughs> so it almost sounds like you want to say Metallica's covering Metallica, but... Right. Um, it's Metallica Inception. Yeah. It's Metallica it's, within Metallica. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I said I like the chorus a lot. It's very catchy in this song. kind of reminds me of Chemical, My Chemical Romance. I know it's kind of a weird comparison, but it's very good sing-along. You know, it's... This this album, this album isn't completely like full of like melodies or uh, hooks things like right. that. But um, this is uh, like that. I want to say a lot of uh, memorable songs. Like in terms, like it's very good. But yeah. you're not gonna be like, well, what song is that? You know. But this is a good song to sing along. But intro's freaking good. Um, you know, and, and towards the end of the song, some good unisons with uh, James and um, Kirk. The next song is called "Room of Mirrors." This is just really good thrash, good double bass. I wrote here, so I love the drums. Kind of remind me of um, their last album, kind of Moth Into Flame. That's a great mm-hmm. song, by the way. Moth yep. Into Flame. That's a, and when they do that live, they do a mm-hmm. sick job with that song live. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good double bass. I don't know if I just said that, but good double bass. Some good harmonies in there. And then last, but certainly not least, hopefully I'm not going to butcher how to pronounce this, the name of this song. But the last one, Inna Morata. I think that's how it's pronounced. So anyway, this is clocking in at 11 minutes long. Oof. Oh, yeah. Um, but look, this song, I, I this is a great way to end the album. It reminds me um, like a little bit of, the, of a feel, and I'm going to put this on my, I'm going to recommend, I guess, uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to recommend this album. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also going to recommend People Get Dream Widow. That was Dave Grohl's, uh, I guess, a side project. Okay. He made a movie called, I think, Studio 666. I never saw the movie. But that album is probably one of the best metal albums that came out like in over a decade. Okay. That album's awesome. So it has that Dream Widow type vibe. Good halftime. Grew in there. Kind of reminds me of um, um, we Wherever We May Roam, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this kind of has like a grunge feel. I picture, you know, if he was, God bless him, if he was still alive, Chris Cornell kind of singing this. I feel like. It would benefit if he had someone kind of like, kind of sailing, going like, like over this. It really needs that kind of, but it's good. But you the, see the potential if he had someone. The thing with Metallica with. is it's all Hetfield when it comes to any sort of vocalness. It's all Hetfield. And sometimes you could use a break because his voice will, will eventually, mm-hmm. it gets like a bit much. Yep. So they do need a little bit of a, a different sound, I think, on some of the songs. I haven't heard it, but I can could, I could see where you're coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in this song, there's actually a really good breakdown. It's just Lars and uh, Rob, basically just on this, and it really sets the whole vibe because this whole album there is no ballads. There is no every song is fast. Yeah. So the only time the album actually slows down for a second is this 
And this 11 minute song, which is a nice kind of breakdown, has a nice, really good vibe. You're like, whoa. Um, it uh, is a shame mm-hmm. that they don't have any slower songs because I think some of Metallica's slower songs are oh, excellent. Yeah, some of the um, best. Yeah. Nothing Else Matters is my wedding song. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, like that's. Yeah, because that's how much, you know, Metallica is is my favorite, right, up there for me. I use that song as a wedding song. Their slower songs are still heavy, but they're really good. You, They really sound good on those songs. And when Hetfield mm-hmm. really sings, yeah. it's mm-hmm. he has a good voice. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was a little bummed that I didn't get any slower songs from what I listened to, and I was kind of hoping there'd be at least one, mm-hmm. not ballad, but something a little bit more yeah. slowed down. Mm-hmm. So I guess... It's a yeah. bummer that I'm not going to get that when I get to the rest of the album. I get why they want to be fast and, and thrash yeah. and all, but I do like when they give us at least one or two slower songs yeah. on an album. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a really having this breakdown at the end, um, and the kind of like towards the middle of the end of this song is really good. Kind of reminds me of a band called The Perfect Circle. A lot of good um, vibes in it. Um, good unisons with them. Uh, kind of the intro, the outro. Excuse me. Kind of has a fade to black kind of thing, like okay. you know, like kind of lending solo. Um, and everything. So yeah, I definitely recommend this album. Kind of a, um, I would give it like a probably eight, eight point five out of ten. It's a good um, score for an album. Yeah, no, it's very good. Look, we know it's not gonna be better than their classic. We know that, but it's just to. Give to me, the best Metallica song, like my favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the best, but my favorite is always gonna be Master of Puppets. Oh yeah, yeah, that's one of the, yeah, yeah, that's one of their. Yeah, and and I their... and I know that's like everyone's like, oh, you're picking the most popular one. I get it. It's the best one. Mm-hmm. That's why we make that our favorite song. Yeah, there are deep cuts that are really good, but you know what? Put on master. That song is like if you want to be like, what is Metallica? That's a great That's the example. Song. It has everything. Yep. It has this breakdown. Yep. Kind of you know the you know it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. It's you great know, it's song. A beautiful song. It's a it's awesome. And they're never gonna reach that level again. There's and it's okay. And there's, there's nothing, nothing wrong with there's it. Nothing wrong with that. I don't need them to be mm-hmm. making master of puppets again and again yeah. and again. They gave it to me, and they're still pumping out good music. It's fine. But I'm um, just to. You know, review this album on itself. Let's say Metallica. This is their debut album. You would say this is a great debut yeah. album. There's nothing to really break balls with this. That'd be kind of unfair. Um, my only negatives is like, okay, there's no ballad on it. Maybe one, but that's fine. My only my my only real negative actually is um, is with Kirk, the guitar player, just because his solos they're so repetitive. You know, and this is not a you know. Uh, analysis of him as a guitar player or anything but everything's a scratch solo which means like he you know whenever they do playback and he records the solo, everything's he's probably doing it one or two takes and i want to tell him like dude why don't you spend like two weeks just writing a solo yeah because i know i saw interviews like oh um you know uh, <laughs> you know you know i want to i want to keep it you know live and i feel like a clinic and oh that kind of stuff and i'm like okay i get that i know you want to keep it organic but at the same time look i play guitar too and any musician would i i'm assume, assume would agree when you improvise you know even if you're a master of your interest, instrument you're still going to go to your regular bag of tricks right because you're on the spot so you're going to go things you're most comfortable with and uh some sometimes the souls i'm like damn like because like there's moments in i'm like ooh. They should have developed that. That's why I said the little parts of Jerry Cantrell yep. or the best know, solos and... on the live when you see them live mm-hmm. are not him. The best solos are Trujillo. Mm. His uh, his bass solos. Yeah, yeah, I think like I can actually play um like acoustic like flamenco. I think yeah. he's a Spanish guitar yeah. kind of stuff. He's very accomplished. But that's more you know. But like I said, with Kirk, you know, I I really wish because he's much he has so much more potential. So I wish he really wrote more. But um, you know really took the time to write things out but like i said this album has um tone what i mean by that it's has like a good beefiness to it, it also right. has like an attitude yeah i feel like the past couple even though like i like self-destruct the album the definitely the, line this one i feel like has some has a bit of a spirit something about it has a little bit of an it attitude. has a That's little more right. anger to it uh, and, and it has attitude yeah when you is. listen to them now like when you see them live where you you go back and listen to their old music as compared to their newer music when they first started they were a very angry band mm-hmm. they, they just that was that kind of music it's heavy metal there's a lot of anger behind it a lot of emotion yeah. behind mm-hmm. it uh, now they don't have that as much because after they finish singing and they're done on tour they jump into their pool of money and they, and they float around on hundred dollar bills right they they don't have the same level of anger and emotion in their music as they used to that's one of my biggest criticisms of Metallica now 
is when you listen to them and you go to their concerts and they're like, we're all part of the Metallica family. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's welcome at Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. Be angry and hate some people, please. I need you to hate somebody on this. Right. Al- mm-hmm. They don't They don't have that as much and it's reflected in the music. But from what I heard on this one, it does sound a little bit more of like a return to form where there's yeah. mm-hmm. there's more behind the music. There's more behind the singing. Right. Maybe it is a result of him having to go through rehab and feeling like he was had a setback and maybe there's yeah. some emotion behind that and he's putting it into the music. You do feel it a little bit more. But that is my biggest criticism of current Metallica is it doesn't have that same raw anger emotion behind the music. Mm-hmm. And I think with this goes for any band because I think cause talking about tone, it's like you always say, oh, I like their earlier stuff. I think what happens with successful bands who have long careers is like their first albums have um, – you know, like, and that is, this is this, whether the way it's recorded has, like, something distinct about it. I think what you call, like, their second half, because everything kind of, all of a sudden, all the albums kind of somewhat sound alike to right. a degree in terms of vibes. But uh, I think also the other part is, like, you know, when they were young, right, they had no responsibility. I don't talk about family. I talk about now they have to be a part of a business. Yep. And also this, some of it is, like, you know, like, it's not like, oh, if we don't write anything, you know, or we don't put out good shit. It's like, it's not, oh, it's whatever. It's like, no, it's like. I want my. You start to get close with the the, uh, the sound tech guys, the stage crew. It's like you know, I we employ them, so now you almost right. feel a sense of responsibility. So it might even suck. The, it's a lot of pressure. I'm so, sure. But uh, the one last thing with Metallica, and we'll move on is, um, I want everyone to check out Metallica. They played live on Jimmy Kimmel. Yep, yeah, but also. Check out them playing on Howard Stern. I love when Howard Stern has guests. He has great musical guests, and they do great performances in the studio Mm -hmm. with them. And they played Lux Turner, kicked ass. They did Turn the Page. I mean, you were talking about before, about James. His voice sounds lovely on that. Kirk owns on guitar at that with Sly guitar. And they play an acoustic version of Blackened. Which really? I know, and it sounds great. It reminds me of like uh, Alice in Chains, like Unplugged, a band who I love too called Days of the New. And I recommend you guys check that out. I'm so. going to give you a quick Metallica Whoa, pop quiz. I'm down. Pop quiz, hot shot. All right. Before we end our Metallica discussion, a quick pop quiz. They set, in 2013, a world record, a Guinness mm. world record. Mm. What record did Metallica set? Um, is it like like, like Spotify uh, plays? No, no, it's not. Um. You, you've probably heard it, um, heard about the record, and when I tell you, you'll probably remember it. You want to give it one more shot? Maybe with the Black Album selling the most album, you know. No, no what it is, is this. And this is a cool record that I didn't know about. Um, I didn't know what, until they won it, I never realized no one did this before. Um, they were the first band in 2013, they hit the record, to play on all seven continents. Ah. Yeah, they right, played they play on Antarctica. Antarctica. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who they were playing for, a bunch of penguins and polar bears. I don't yeah. know who's up in I Antarctica. Heard, I, someone, I, I knew you'd know it once I said it. I heard that. I remember people, too, were saying they were complaining about their set list. Like, how could you not play Trapped Under Ice? Yeah. Like, yeah. they didn't play that song. How could they not You're do that? You're in Antarctica. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool record, and I didn't know that was a, wasn't a record until they said it. I'm like, no one's done that before? But then I don't actually think of Antarctica as anything other than, like, ice. Yeah. So I guess mm-hmm. I never even realized. But I just thought that was a cool record. Yeah, I love it. That damn, I should have. Like I should have gotten that. You should have. I knew. I knew you knew it too. And I knew once I said it, you were gonna know what it was. But I thought that was a, a cool trivia fact That's about the band. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. PJ, I know you saw Super Mario Brothers. I'm I did. Excited for your review. I have that. I still want to see it regardless it's, of your review. But I. Uh, I'm gonna start off right off the bat saying this. It was fantastic. Oh. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna bury the lead on this one. I loved every second of this movie. <laughs> uh, it was. We'll start with just the animation, right? Before I even get into story oh, yeah, or acting. Yeah, yeah. The animation on this CGI movie, this this computer cartoon, mm-hmm. was some of the best I've ever seen. Like right. when you compare it to other movies like in the animated like genre, like your toy stories or uh, minions and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Those all have really good animation to it. Um, yeah. This movie, you could Mario wears denim. Right. And you can see that it's denim. Right. It's a cartoon denim. But, like, that's, like, you can see, like, when you look at a pair of jeans, you know how it has, like, the yeah. texture of it? Yeah, yeah, You can yeah. see that texture. Damn. The, it, was, it was very, very good animation. Very smooth. Uh, very bright and colorful. I was going to say, that movie looks like a pop of color. It's it looks so great. colorful. It's like you want to eat the screen yeah. and, like, lick it. <laughs> it was, it's, when they're in, like, the Mushroom Kingdom and everything, it's just, like, so eye-catching. It jumps off the screen. So I want to start there. Like, the animation, top-notch. Some mm-hmm. of the best I've seen 
in yeah. recent history. Um, the story feels like it could be the story of a game. Um, when you play through the games, Rescue the Princess, right? That's Rescue fine. the yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what the game is. That's what the movie is. Um, so it, it's, it feels like the games. It, it doesn't stray off the beaten path of what you want Mario to be. Right. It's exactly what you want a Mario movie to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the acting, a lot of people, when they first dropped the trailers, were shitting all over Chris Pratt. Yeah. He doesn't sound like Mario. He doesn't sound like... His voice isn't high enough. He doesn't... It's me, Mario. He doesn't sound like that. That would be so annoying if you had to hear that voice oh, yeah. for an hour and a half, two hours long. Mm-hmm. His voice was fine. It was great. It fit the character. It sounded like he was an Italian dude that lived in Brooklyn, which is what this movie is. I'm uh, not gonna lie. I had a. I didn't really want him to be the because uh, I, I feel like he's been his voice now. Like I think of the Lego movie. It I doesn't of, sound like it. It doesn't you know, sound I, like, like I that haven't at seen all. it yet. But yeah. I was kind of nervous. And I don't. Real quick, sometimes I get nervous with all these celebrity voices where I feel like it's not even the character. It's like it's a, the person. Yeah, and it's not. It's uh, okay. it's Mario. You don't. Need, if you didn't know it was Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. I would not have watched this movie and said, "Is that Chris Pratt?" I wouldn't have known. Oh, okay. I I think he changed his voice enough. Where you could be like, that's Mario. That's a guy that lives in Brooklyn. Right. I thought he did. It wasn't the heaviest Brooklyn accent, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, yeah. it was good. I thought it was fine. Um, no, did not deserve the hate that he got for that. The star of the show mm-hmm. is Jack Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a not, lot of people saying that. Oh my God, was he the perfect Bowser? I mean, he killed it. Mm-hmm. He killed it. And he has like a, I don't know, I guess a song. Exactly, because I know the song basically went viral. Yeah, now, it's great. It's great. So. Um, it's called Peaches. <laughs> it's called Peaches. I thought, real quick, I thought when I saw it, like I haven't seen the movie yet, when I saw it, like a thing on YouTube, Peaches, I thought he was doing a cover version of the song Peaches by the President but of the United States. States. No, it's like, about oh, the... That'd be a perfect song. That, would be, that would be great. <laughs> and, and now I kind of want to see that. But no, yeah. it was it was an original song written for the movie, um, and he performs it exactly as you'd expect him to sound. Sounds like Tenacious D singing about right, 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 Princess right. Peach. Um the story, like I said, is exactly what you want. The acting, the voice acting was fine. Um, I thought it was just pure fun. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you've played all the Mario games or not. not I mean, I have But really most played, of them, right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the big ones, your regular Super Mario Brothers, your Super oh, course, Smash the Brothers. Classics, yeah, I guess the, I lost track after, yeah. like, Nintendo GameCube. Yeah. After no, there, but, like, I, I'm talking know. about, like, the main ones, like the yeah. Mario Karts and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a reference mm-hmm. to probably... Every one of these games in the movie, he's going against Donkey Kong at one point and he's hopping over barrels. Right. They have to drive somewhere and they're on the Rainbow Road. Right. Spoilers for anyone who didn't see this in the trailer. I'm not really going too much right. into the story because I don't want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff I'll talk about is just on the trailer so I don't spoil it for anyone. But um, they they do. They have Rainbow Road. They have him jumping against Donkey Kong. He's it, it's every There's a fighting in it and a kind of reminiscent a little bit of Super Smash Brothers the way they... Mm-hmm. They show the the fighting that he does in some of the characters. Um, it, it touches every one of the games, so like it feels familiar. Mm-hmm. If they turn this into a video game, how they make games yeah, based yeah. on the movies, you would buy it and you wouldn't know it was. Ba- it's perfect. It was okay. so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie is breaking records. I think they said with how much money it's earning. Yeah. But there's a lot of negative press about it. I from what I heard, I heard it's like it's just a very you know, basic plot or, you know, but I... I, I what are people looking for? It's Mario. How deep? I, how does it... It's Mario. What are we going to do? Like, it's not Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, is Bowser going to have as Peach I, in a pit? Yeah. You know, like... I, as I always say the same thing about film. A movie is at its best when it knows what it is. So I think they said, look, this is... We can't overthink this. I think the movie's fairly short, too. It's it is. It's like an hour and a half. Which yeah. is perfect. We have too many damn long movies. You're in and show. out. It's fun the this whole time. They're definitely the correct length. Yeah. You know. Another too. thing people Most are saying about shorter, this movie anyway, but... that blows my mind that this mm-hmm. is the criticism that this movie got. People are saying it's only successful because it's not woke. Um, right. Listen. <laughs> I don't... It's a cartoon right. about... An angry turtle that breathes fire. Right, right, right. Trying mm-hmm. to kidnap someone who's the princess mm-hmm. of a bunch of talking mushrooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're looking for out of this movie. It's not woke enough. It's not serious I, enough. It's I think not that's that. just like. It's a, a cartoon. I think that's just hysteria uh, yeah. in our country right now. Because a, a lot of people, I want to go sidetrack here, but like a lot of people saying, oh, because Disney Plus isn't doing as well. Right. And they're like, oh, um, uh, because they went woke with, uh, I guess, 
you know, I guess the Mandalorian yeah. or She-Hulk or whatever. I want to be like, you know, it's, look, I'm not an expert from what I know is I think it makes sense. The reason why they're struggling with Disney Plus because they invested a billion dollars into it. Of course, I make that back. They they bought Fox Studios. Right. They bought a lot of big properties. So, yeah. And they're not making, they're like, not making the you money can't they survive. need survive. They don't have a phenomenon like right. Stranger Things. Like, Mandalorian was big, yeah. But it's not, you know, it doesn't have all these other things that are, it's not as big. That's I don't yeah. think because they went woke. I think it's mainly because but the product's not as good as it really is. And they have a lot of freaking things to pay off. I mean, Star Wars has paid for itself at this point. But you're right. They uh, do have yeah. a... Maybe they broke even, maybe on that. I, they said the park alone... Uh, my opinion, I think they broke even. They said it's the park. Not a phenomenon. They said the park alone what it was paid. Back in the day, they but. made enough money on Galaxy's Edge in the park to pay for what they paid for Star Wars. So any mo- money the movies and TV shows make is above and beyond. So Star Wars has been profitable, but yeah, like f- how much money are you making? You're buying Fox. You're buying everything. You're gonna eventually. You're not. But gonna it doesn't mean that's not. But that's not reason why they went broke because they went broke. No, I, think I don't think so. I think that. I mean, I think it doesn't. It doesn't I mean, help. But. It doesn't help the product in terms of it's not gonna give the product longevity. It right. dates it actually. It when does. You, when you put politics in anything, unless the movie's about that specifically, it okay, does date fine. It. But if you do, like sometimes I don't like that I use current music, like ooh, yeah, you know what I mean. Because um, in five years you're not gonna remember what the current events were yeah, today, it's and then work. it's not gonna make sense. But mm-hmm. but yeah, but back to Mario, like the, people are saying that's why it's popular because it wasn't woke and uh, it's not serious enough, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. <laughs> About a little Italian guy that travels through green tubes and yeah. fights evil turtles. I don't know what you want. It's not a serious movie. If yeah. you were going looking for Schindler's List with with Mario, you didn't get it. You're not gonna like it. If you were going for a he- a 90 minute fun ride with a character that you may have known for a long time that you've you know brings you back to your your memory. They they do have spoilers again in case you haven't heard this online. They do the music from the old. Games? The, not the old games, the old show. Oh. Remember the live action yeah, yeah, slash yeah. cartoon with uh, Captain Lou? Yeah. They do that song in it. Oh. Yeah, like, okay. it, in nostalgia, it hits the feels. Dude, I can't recommend it enough. It's great. It's If, if I'm going to put a recommendation out there for this movie, All right. it, it's it's totally worth it. And it sounds like it'd be worth seeing it in, in theaters. I love seeing it in theaters. Seeing I think kind of color and pop. Yeah, like, it pops off know? that big screen. I think it would be good on home, too. I haven't but seen it, but that's the type of movie you got to see in person. It's fun. It's real fun. I, they're going to make a sequel. It made oh. all the money. And if the sequel's half as good as this, Absolutely. it's still going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, PJ, okay. I have a Super Mario Brothers um, pop quiz. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. You have your mushroom ready? I have my mushroom ready. You have I, your one up ready? I have my one up. <laughs> okay. So, PJ, what was Mario's original name? Oh, what was Mario's original name? Like Jumpman? Yes! Okay. I nice. know, I wasn't sure if you meant know, like his actual... kind of tricky, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like he was okay. Jumpman, but I didn't know if like... Mm-hmm. Frank, I don't know if that was, yeah. <laughs> was Jumpman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in Super Mario Brothers three, that's the okay. um, you know for Nintendo. Okay. How many flutes are in Super Mario three? How many flutes are in Super yeah. Mario three? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I'm gonna just guess five. No. Want to take a more guess? Am I higher or lower? Lower. Three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So three flutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I didn't know this when I was researching stuff. So, who made their first appearance in Mario Tennis? So, let's say, like, one of those, like, one of his, I guess now you would call it one of his classic characters or okay. villains or right, right. hero, whatever you want to call it. Who was the first one to make their appearance, which is kind of weird, actually in a in a sports game. So, what was, what's the character who made their first appearance in Mario Tennis? It's not Wario. N- close. Waluigi? Yes. Okay. Yeah, his brother. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one is, uh, here we go. In the original Super Mario Brothers, the one that has Duck Hunt and all that crap. Okay. What was the color of Mario's, uh, you know, overalls? Weren't they red? Yeah. It was reversed, right? Yes, yeah. it was reversed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And ever since then, it's been it's blue. It's been blue, so. yeah. Oh, PJ. I always liked it better Damn. with the red. PJ, you were, uh... That's pretty good. That. Yeah, two for four. You All know, right. I mean, I mean, if you want to call three for four, because you got what well, we're gonna get, what we do. But damn, yeah, man, nice.
my question to you is, um, I know we might be running out of time soon, but so in terms of video game movies, you know, would you say this is the best video game movie? Would I say it's the best video game movie? It doesn't matter if it's like a live action or okay. anything, um, anything based off it. You know what? I'm going to go with yes. Whoa. I'm going to okay. go. Prior to this, my favorite video game movie, I mean, aside from the fact that it's nostalgia, I like watching Mortal Kombat, the first one. Yeah. That's my favorite. It's like, it's good. It's But in terms of being a quality movie, I think this is the best. And I think the first Sonic the Hedgehog that they came out with a couple years ago is also solid. I've never seen the Sonic the Hedgehogs yet, but I was going to say, I love Mortal Kombat. Um... I think that movie sometimes people break its balls way too much. I think, okay, like, okay, yeah, some of the special effects don't, like, the CGI, like, the certain scenes, okay, whatever. But the original first one was way better than the new one they came out with. Yeah, the new one was Oof. awful. I, that's not even worse. It's not even... Don't watch it for free. No way. That movie, that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was like, awful. No, that's not even exact. That's one of the it worst was movies I've ever seen. Is um. And why would you make that movie with the main character of that movie not a Mortal Kombat character from the game? Dude, games? that character. I don't it was know, awful. What, whatever that character. Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter what his name is. It doesn't matter what his name is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter what your name is. This guy can't win a fight. In the beginning of the movie, he can't win. He can't, can't win, do anything. He can't win. A, uh, he basically like a UFC fight. He can't win any fight. He can't wipe his own ass without help, yeah. but now he's going to fight Goro. And then he beats him. I know. Like, spoiler alert, he beats Goro easily. Like, that movie was... And everything about that movie was awful. His power is so stupid. Yeah, he's wearing armor. He's wearing weird armor and he's a crappy fighter. That costume fighter. on him looked oh, terrible. You could tell awful. the rubber. I mean, that was a, that movie was awful. Like a fifth-rate side. Everything like, about it was awful. Uh, but the bad. Mortal Kombat one from the 90s, I think it was 95, I think it's... Honestly, I think it still holds up. I think it's... Look, it's cheesy, but it's fun. Exactly. That's all it needs to be. Yeah. I think... We talk about people talk about tone about movies and people think take things way too seriously. Mortal Kombat was never really that serious. I know there was blood that ripped people's heads off. But it was goofy. But the, the guys who made that game had a sense of humor. Yeah. Dude, they had a move called Babality when you turn yeah, into a... like a baby. Yeah. You know? And the reason they came up with this idea is because they said the first game was too violent, so to make a joke for parents was, okay, now we're going to have babies. friendship yeah. friendship mode, you'll be making rainbows. There'll yeah. be a guy coming, Dusty! I mean, that game wasn't... <laughs> Didn't really take itself too seriously. It was supposed to be kind of cartoonish. Yeah. So I didn't really. I think people way pick on that piece that movie way too much. No, I, I agree. I think that's. I mean, a, yeah, it might be some movie. nostalgia in there, but it's really honestly that on its own, just judging at its as what it is, it's fine. It's a very. I I can rewatch it. I can too. Um, and it's it is it's better than the new one. The new okay. one's just the worst. And I want to tell you a quick memory um, about Mortal Kombat. When I saw that in theaters with my brother, um, dude, when. The intro of the movie, it's like Shang Tsung's gonna think kill Liu Kang's brother, right? Right, and then like does it whatever, and then I think then the opening credit, which I miss opening credits. They don't do it anymore. No, they don't. They just Sadly, go right the movie. which I think is terrible. Um, that's a whole other discussion of day. But dude, when that first thing kicks in, you know, dude, the whole theater was cheering, man. Yeah. Dude, it was like one of my favorite movie, like, inside a movie experience, man. Because it was so good. And I just miss, man, that kind of energy in movies. I mean, sometimes you still get that every now and then. It's not the movie. same. But that was awesome, man. That was special. That was really high, um, high voltage. <laughs> was that yeah. a wrestling team, right? High yeah, high voltage. voltage <laughs> yeah. Um, Who's your favorite Mortal Kombat character? Um... I don't know, Liu Kang a lot, because I knew all his moves. Okay. Um, I actually like Kung Lao a lot. All right, I was going to say I like Kung Lao as my favorite of, like, the, the more like, human type of characters. Yeah, I like, actually I like all of them, really. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like, um, um, I hated being Shang Tsung. I just had to be really good with him, yeah. but I just felt his character was a waste. He was just like, you know, I feel like, I don't think he even had any moves. Maybe in the, I, I haven't look, I'm going by all All his moves were stealing the, someone else's moves, yeah. really. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah. know Mortal Kombat 2 the best, but... But yeah, I think Liu Kang, Kung Lao, um, I like Scorpion, you know. I like Sub-Zero out of the ninjas. Mm-hmm. I also like Smoke. Yeah, I yeah, thought he yeah, was yeah. cool, the gray one, the gray ninja. Rain was cool too, the, the purple ninja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were great. Real quick, Mr. PJ, um, you were talking about video game. I'm just curious. Did you ever see Detective Pikachu? I did. Did you like that? You know what? It wasn't terrible. It doesn't need a sequel. I don't think it's getting one. Uh, if you're like a Pokemon fan... I'm not. I think we. I think we missed. I think we aged right. out of Pokemon. We weren't yeah, the yeah, right yeah. target for it. Um, but I know about it. Uh, it doesn't feel like a Pokemon movie to me. Mm-hmm. I know there's a Detective Pikachu game. I never played it. Right. 
My thing with that movie kind of is with this movie. Like, I wanted to see it, and as soon as I saw Ryan Reynolds talk, I was like, no. He's Ryan Reynolds. That's I what want, I was going to say. I was like, please. No, it's, that's it's I, not, I don't want to. I don't feel like see him doing like, ah, hey, guys, um, you know, that stupid thing he does. It's not Get bad. It's kind of funny. I didn't hate it. Nah, but unlike Mario, where Chris Pratt, you don't hear Chris Pratt as much. You hear him as Mario. You can't help but know. That's just... Ryan Reynolds in every movie is Deadpool now. It's like that yeah, movie became yeah, popular, so now like, he's always Deadpool. Yeah. So that's just like a Deadpool see, that yeah. looks like a like a cat that doesn't curse. Like yeah. it's mm-hmm. dead. I don't know. I think Ryan Reynolds is overhyped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's actually more versatile than he does. Maybe it's the roles he gets and what he wants to do. He peaked at Van Wilder. Mm-hmm. I, that's the way I feel about him. I don't dislike him, but he peaked at Van Wilder. But real quick, Mister PJ, these are just my, what I think. I think. The world would benefit from a remake of The Wizard, and that's like the one from the 80s where okay. the kid is like, he's like the, a video game yep. tournament, he gets the power mm-hmm. level, this other junk. I think they could make, especially with nowadays, I mean, that's a movie, that movie wasn't that good. Right. That movie's definitely nostalgia. That movie's not good at all, really. It's kind of boring. And I think Nintendo, PlayStation, all of them should do what I call bring back the old school Nintendo championships. And right. I'm not saying I remember those. And you don't no. No. No, you don't sign online. No. You don't I don't care what your ranking is online. No. No, you gotta sign a piece of paper, go to your local mall, and you gotta do it there. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta be in win. front of people, you gotta yep. face the crowd, you gotta face the music, you gotta feel anxiety. You gotta <laughs> you can't do it from your comfort of your own home. You gotta do it there. You know? None of this no way. I think that'd be great. That'd be great television. Yeah. It, obviously it'd be a big boost the product. You know what I mean? None of this ranking, no, no, no. Old school. You gotta go in there. You gotta go on. You gotta wait on the line. Hey, you got a flat tire? Too bad. You missed it. That's it. Make it old school. All Make right. Them, you know. Bring it back. Bring back the Nintendo Championships. All right, guys. Well, uh, looks like we have to go. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time. Same time, same table. Have a great week. Boys and girls, lunchtime is over. Please visit PJ and Mike's website, coolkidslunchtable.podbean.com for more information. Follow the boys on all social media apps. Just search Cool Kids Lunch Table Podcast. Now get to class before you get to tension.